Welcome to the Shakeout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Each week, Canadian running staff writer Maddie Kelly and I bring you the news, results, and drama from the exciting world of running. This is The Rundown. Welcome back to uh, the, the studio. Welcome back to the in-person rundown. Yeah, this feels nice. It this, does. This is nice. It's been a hot minute. I'm enjoying myself. Me too. We haven't even started. Well, it's funny because I was away at a training camp for the first seven weeks of the new year. Mm-hmm. And then we hardly had any time before And I was COVID away hit. before that. That's right. So it's been a long time since we were last together. I think it was our New Year's episode or our Christmas episode. Oh my god. It's been months. Whoa. Happy May, everyone. <laughs> Life is Happy New Year. different. Life remember travel? Different. Actually, speaking of that, remember that thing we used to do? Vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to believe that I was in another country like 10 weeks ago. I was in another country on March 9th. That's right. In Los Angeles. And that was the last marathon. That was about two days before everything shut down. Shut down. Wow crazy yeah well welcome back thank you yeah how are you doing i'm doing well it's a beautiful day it is spring has sprung yeah i'm really amped to sit in my backyard and have a a beverage or two this evening in the sunshine good for you Mm -hmm. that's i'm I'm excited for you i plan to do the same Mm -hmm. um so it's friday it is it's friday and it's sunny and we kind of skip spring yeah, spring to summer. Fine with that. No it's problem. No, no we ago. had spring. It rained for weeks. That's true. But it was co- it was like But it was cold. It was We tr- basically had 3 months of March. 3 months of March. Yeah. Or November. And now June. Interchangeable months. Or July. Yeah, same yeah. weather. Yeah. Well, we're very happy. Mm-hmm. How has your week of running been? My week of running was very good. I did Actually, I did two days of cycling, four days of running. Today, off day. Um, yeah, it was um, my boyfriend's birthday. So I went on a big bike ride that day. And I promised myself I wouldn't complain once because it was his birthday. And I didn't. What a gift. And then I was exhausted after. <laughs> it was kind of like pull into the driveway, fall over. Right. Um, but Be shoveled into the, yeah, yeah. Into the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it was a good, it was a solid week of training. I loved my workout yesterday. I did another one of those just run for time workouts. And those have been a hoot lately. I'm going to keep doing them because they're a lot of fun. A hoot and a holler. So what did you do yesterday? Yesterday I did three sets of two minutes, two minutes, 50 seconds, 50 seconds, 30 seconds. So basically it's like three sets of six, six, or 600, 600, 300, 300, 200. Right. Um, but like the two minutes were a little longer than 600. And then the 50 seconds and 30 seconds were like just shy of 300 and nice. 200 meters. Um, Love that. But it was really fun. But you look kind of, you look, you, like I've mentioned earlier, you look a little silly running a 30 second 200 down a road. It looks really fast. Yeah, it does. Because when else do you see someone sprinting down your street? Right. So like it draws attention. Like people come from out of their houses to the end of their driveway to say like, what are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah. yeah. You're like, yep, I'm just yeah. getting working. Yeah. I'll be here for two more hours. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I'm liking, I'm liking running for time. I'm glad. Yeah. I've been doing the same, but on hills. Yeah. It's been great. I've been doing a lot of hills. How many times a week are you doing hills? Um, well, officially like only one to two in terms of a focused workout. Mm -hmm. But, uh, now that high park is open again, I've been kind of jumping in there for some runs and then sometimes I'll just throw in a couple uphills at the end just to work on the turnover. Just to wake the legs up. Yeah. It's like doing strides, but like it's combining strides with a gym essentially Mm -hmm. because we don't have access to gyms. No. And so why not go run some hills and get your strength in that way? Yeah. It's just like hills and band walks. Yep. The quads are burning. All the time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, I did a great outdoor workout the other day with um, box jumps on like a bench at a baseball diamond. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Gotten creative. It's, It's working well. And you spend so much more time outside now. You do. Because I used to cross train on the elliptical machine, which is an indoor machine. Which is a (laughs) machine of torture. You know what? I kind of like the elliptical. Do you? I've gotten... You're the only person in the world I've heard say that. I just, you know, (laughs) I get my... (laughs) You look like you're jazzercising. I get my elliptical on. (laughs) I listen to a pod or two. Sometimes I love to elliptical and chat. Like, I elliptical and I call people and people find it really annoying because it's kind of like heavy breathing (laughs) and like the it's not a nozzle inside your house (laughs) it's not asmr um it would be really bad asmr people would not listen um i can barely get the people i love to stay on the phone but (laughs) it's just because the mic moves while you're elliptical so it, it doesn't sound good i've been told right but i still do it right but now you've been getting your cross training in outside and now i cross train on the bike so a few people have told me i'm tanned and I'm you are. Uh, thank you. Yes. I'm notoriously pale. So well, I see, this is actually our this. grand plan is we waited until the weather got nice to do our next in-studio recording so that we so you look didn't at, blend in with the white walls. Everyone looks better in the summer. You're like at least 30% more attractive in the yeah. summer. Everyone. <laughs> well, here's to summer. So we are going to kind of, we have actually a really fun episode planned and we've been planning this for a little while now. We have been. Um, And it's going to be, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of hot takes. And I also think that spicy takes, spicy takes. And I think that we, and this is what we hope for. We're going to get a lot of listener feedback on this one because people love favorites. Mm -hmm. People have their, their, like they pick their horses and they stick to them. So what we're talking about is we are going to attempt to make a definitive statement on who is Canada's greatest mid-distance slash distance runner in modern history. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's going to be lots of people that we leave off this list. And if we've left off one of your favorites, listeners, we would love for you to tell us why we're wrong and mm-hmm. why you think this person should have been included. But we have a, a number of different sets of criteria and we've broken down. We've, we've come up with four contenders Two male, two female. And we're sort of looking at contenders over the last 25-ish years. Contenders who are still on the record board today. Yes. Right. Exactly. Still on the record board. Still relevant. In fact, three of them are still active athletes. One is not. Um, So should we do a drum roll? Drum roll for our contestants. (laughs) Stepping on up in position number one. (laughs) Well, actually, without any any specific order. Yeah, this really is... This this is just uh, the way we wrote it. Right. Um, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan. And I think this is probably the most obvious pick, I will say. Yeah, it, it really is. He Pretty much every article I've ever read about Kevin Sullivan opens with arguably the greatest mid-distance runner in Canadian history, Kevin Sullivan, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. 
It's true. Understandable. North American distance runner. You can extend That's that border a little bit. Yes. And we'll talk about why. In fact, I think all of these could probably fit into that in some, some degree. So the first is Mr. Kevin Sullivan, uh, 1500 meter and mile uh, specialist, although mm-hmm. he had some phenomenal range. Our second one. Uh, Mr. Mohammed Ahmed. Mohammed Ahmed. One of my favorite runners of all time. One of my favorite people of all time. Wonderful person. Wonderful person. Wonderful person. Specializes in the 5K and 10K on the track. 5,000, 10,000 meter. Our third contestant, Ms. Gabrielle DeBuse Stafford. Yeah. I mean, we'd be silly to leave her off. Duh. <laughs> and finally, Melissa Bishop. Yep. The one of the women who kind of put Canadian mid-distance really on the map. There were there were people who certainly came before her. She talks a ton about Deanne Cummins and watching Deanne, you know, succeed and yeah, giving her the ability to think she too could be that good. The same way, like, which is what Melissa did for me and lots of other right. people. It's like that half generation above. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Melissa is someone you have to talk about because for me, well, she... We've written all this out. Melissa's got way less titles than yeah. the other people. Right. But her consistency is bananas. Yeah. And her consistency at the very top. Yes. Yeah. Now, we're going to have a few little asterisks that we're going to address right before we get into this. So uh, the first obvious one is that Kevin Sullivan has been retired from elite running for the better part of a decade. And obviously, our other three contenders are all still active athletes. So it's really hard to compare someone who's wrapped up their career and has had basically 20 years of successes under their belt compared to people like Gabriella, who's in her mid-20s and still has lots of racing ahead of her. Same with Mo and Melissa. They're a little older than Gabriella, but they still have hopefully at least one more Olympics. Yeah, the story's not written. Right. So that makes it difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few other things that we're going to talk about along the way. We'll get into these as we go, but things like the evolution of drug testing, uh, the evolution of technology and sport in general, and how that has potentially helped those who are still active versus those who are not. Um, The differences between men and women and the differences between the NCAA and the CIS slash U sport. A lot of differences. A lot of differences. A lot of similarities. There sure are. Should we get into it? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start with uh, all four of these athletes. Are from Ontario. from Ontario. We're Mm. sorry, rest of the world, (laughs) rest of the country. We know that you have produced some amazing athletes. It just happens that these four all grew up in Ontario and therefore all attended the unofficial Junior Olympics, which are the Offsa Track and Field Championships. And we recognize that Offsa is really annoying if you're not from Ontario. Yep. We get it. Yep. But that's where they all started. So here we go. Kevin, easily the most successful officer runner of all these Of all time, I would say. Of all time. Mo second behind him. And then Gabriella and Melissa. Not as as dominant. dominant. It's interesting. So for Kevin, he has five cross-country titles every year he ran. Because when he was in school, there was... The fifth year of high school. Yep. Five cross-country titles, eight track titles, almost never lost a race he entered. Um, and he still was, holds off the records. Right. And he was he was a star even before that. So <laughs> I don't think it was ever ratified as a world record, partly because I don't know if they actually keep age group world records for this young. But Kevin had the unofficial 14-year-old world record in the 800. He ran 153 as a 14-year-old. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he also, in his high school career, was one of very few people in the world to break the four-minute mile while still in high school. It's rare. It's becoming more common now. It is. But again, evolutions in technology and level of competition and all of that. And this would have been in the 90s that Kevin did that. So pretty, pretty stellar. Um, so yeah, their, their high school careers, all of them had great high school careers, but I'd say the guys were a little more little more dominant than than the gals mo not in grade nine and grade 10 but by grade 11 and 12 he was he was obviously extremely strong especially at cross country yep two cross country titles one track title at offsa Mm -hmm. and then we go into the ladies so gabriella one cross country title i have a good gabriella story go for it offsa gabriella and i are the same age we are both from ontario so we competed at offsa together and then we both started at U of T in the same year in the same class. I've done everything with Gabriella. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and running. It's okay. I never won any awards. I've said it before. When the Stafford sisters are your teammates, you never win. But right. it makes you better. Um, so, but actually, from our early days, I remember in grade 11, I, I had a pretty good year at OFSA. I made both the 15 and the 8 final. You know, didn't do great when I got there. But you made it there. Exactly. And for me, that was a big victory. And so we're finishing the 800 heats. And for people who have run offsa before, you know that the 800 heats and finals are on the same day. They're about three to four hours apart. Yeah. Just Um, enough time to like collapse into the grass, have a drink of chocolate milk and and then go again. (laughs) Yeah. So your cool down from one is the warm up for the other. Exactly. So and it's always 35 degrees. Anyway, we finished the 800 heats and Gabriella doesn't make the final. And I remember her lying on the ground and she looked at me and she goes, because I had just made the final. (laughs) And she looks at me and she goes, I don't know how you guys do it. This double is crazy because we'd run the 1500 the night before. And I'm kind of looking at her like, yeah, yeah, all in a day's work. No big deal. Big kid on campus. Anyway, (laughs) fast forward. I am not I wasn't the big kid on campus even the next year. And then I proceeded to not be the big kid on campus for the eight years that would follow that. Right, right. Um, and now but you had that moment of glory and at OFSA. we're at modern day. But yes, I had that moment of glory at OFSA. So it's funny. You're not the only one to say that. I mean, it, it, there's a good chance. I mean, U of T's turned out some amazing athletes. Mm-hmm. But there is, you were also, you were one of them. So there's a good chance that had, you know, Gabriella not been in your program in the same year, those titles might, you might have accrued more of them. Um, or or more sort of accolades at but that level. Honestly, the thing was, Gabriella kind of stopped competing. So we'll get next. We'll get on to CIS titles. But Gabriella kind of stopped competing in the CIS because she outgrew it at a very young age. Right. Like she got so much better, yeah. sort of from like nineteen to twenty, especially. And that was the year she made her first Olympic. She made world indoor. Like she she was she was beyond the CIS. Right. Um, so I still got to chase her in her practice, but in terms of like her actual titles from university, when you look at them, there aren't many, but it's because she was busy, you know, yeah. frying bigger fish. That's true. I do just want to make one note. Cause I think it's a funny comparison. Just talking about like always slightly being in her shadow, Kevin Sullivan in any small town anywhere in the country would have been the greatest sporting star to ever come out of that city. Kevin grew up in Brantford, Ontario, which happens to also be the hometown 
of this little hockey player you might have heard of named Wayne Gretzky. So in every interview with Kevin from the earlier days when he talks about, you know, what it was like growing up in Brantford and being this big star, he's like, no, no, I, I was small potatoes. <laughs> you know, Wayne Gretzky, how, how do you get any better than that? So you you were the Kevin Sullivan to to. Well, Melissa Bishop also grew up where I grew up, right? So, oh my gosh, I go on, I go on runs in the valley, and I hear like an elderly couple from their car go, "Go, Melissa," (laughs) and I just say, "Thank you, thank you very much." It's compliment. So moving on to those university years, so this is again where it's going to be really difficult to compare. Not only were they sort of different eras, but. Kevin and Mo both attended American universities. They went to the NCAA, which we know just especially at that time had such a higher level of competition, access to better facilities, higher level meets, all of this. So it's really difficult to compare these. Whereas Gabriella and Melissa stayed in Canada. Kudos to them, by the way, because especially when Bish stayed, not many people of her caliber were choosing to stay in Canada. Almost no one. And even like, I, I really credit... Gabriella with this because I feel like our year and it certainly wasn't me because I by the time Gabriella was in grade 12 she was a name and people like she was winning stuff she's obviously yeah. very good and people were really surprised when she decided not to go to the states right um, and, and she almost did right didn't she get a scholar an offer to Stanford that was later oh that's that right was later yeah. that was midway through our undergrad um but and a lot of people were surprised at her decision to stay but I think that kind of she was one of the people who hugely improved the CIS. And um, it was kind of the tide turned where, especially in women's running, it was totally viable for you to stay in Canada and have a really strong group of women to compete against. And so to her credit, like her and Melissa are two women who who helped make Canada a viable place to have strong competition. Yep, for sure. That being said, we still can't neglect the fact that when you win titles or become an All-American in the NCAA, just because that level of competition is so much greater, it tends to mean a little more. It carries a little more weight. Totally. And even now, like if you look at. So, for example, Jenna Westway competed in the CIS two winters ago. The same winter she ran 159. Like, so. Obviously, like the winning time or like the fastest time in U sport was way ahead of the fastest time in the NCAA. Right. There just wasn't the depth. But there's two things. The depth was, you know, it's comically different. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even close to the same. And we don't have an age cap. And you don't have an outdoor season. And we don't have an outdoor season. So Jenna would have been too old to compete in the NCAA. In the NCAA. Yeah. Actually, that might not be true. You can compete up until you're 25, I believe. She was 25. So she would have she would have been fine. Yeah. She would have been older than most runners, but she I need we need to sort of fact check this, but I'm pretty sure she was 25 last winter because she's just a year older than I am. So that checks out. So it would have been close. Yeah. Um, But yeah, those are two big differences is the depth really isn't comparable. And the age cap is something you have to think about because there are athletes who compete in U sport who are over 25. Right. Many, many, many. So that being said. Um, this is where in this category, we kind of called it all, all American slash all Canadian slash titles. Um, Kevin Sullivan takes, takes the cake far and away. 14 all American placements, four of them in cross country and 10 in track. And this is where in my mind, Kevin's dominance is really shown because Kevin was almost exclusively a, a miler. He was a 1500 and mile athlete in university. He was an 800 athlete in high school 
And in the NCAA, the men run 10K cross country. And he was a four-time All-American in the NCAA cross. So to have that kind of range is extraordinary. He also was a four-time NCAA champion in track, and he set an NCAA record in the indoor mile during his tenure uh, at the University of Michigan. So that's just, I I don't think, you'd be hard-pressed to find another NCAA athlete who's as decorated as him across so many different events. Mm -hmm. That said, Mo, pretty close, 11 All-American placements for the University of Wisconsin, also across track and cross country. Mm -hmm. So... Close second, but I'd still give this one to Kevin. So for Gabriella's title, she's only got five, which relative to the men, not many. But like I said earlier, she was kind of, she left basically competing in the CIS. It was kind of a fun side She would show up and score us 10 points in the 1500, you know, like in the, because the U of T women's team, when I was on it, we won three years in a row track and then we won cross country the fall after that. And she actually wasn't on that cross-country team, but she was on the three track teams that won. And, um, yeah, she would just show up, you know, kind of jog a 1500, give us our 10 points. And uh, and that was that. But it wasn't it it was not her main goal because it it also didn't have the prestige of the NCAA. Right. I'm sure if she was at an NCAA school, it would have felt different for sure. And and she liked the team aspect. She liked competing with her sister. She liked helping us because we were all teammates, but it, it just didn't carry the same weight. Right. So Melissa, surprisingly, to my mind, actually, has the least amount of CIS titles or national titles at the university level. She only had three from our research. And again, listeners and or people that we're talking about, if you think that we're wrong and you want to fact check us, please do, because we love being proven wrong. And we also love your hot takes. So we're, we're, we're calling for your feedback as much as possible here. But from our research, Melissa only had three CIS titles for the University of Windsor. And again, I, I say only three. That's a very impressive career. But compared to what one. she's done since. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> uh, but neither do I. But compared to what she's done since, uh, it, it doesn't. I think it really shows that she was um, a slow burn. She was a slow burn. But she was always re- like to your point about being consistent. She was always really good. Like she was consistently winning, she was consistently winning medals at the junior level, provincially and nationally. Mm-hmm. She just wasn't necessarily crushing everyone the way that someone like a Kevin Sullivan was. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and also with Melissa, it's interesting. Like she's been so consistent in her improvements as well. Right. Whereas like with Gabriella, you there are a few spots where the you graph see, goes like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you see massive jumps. But Melissa's yeah. never been like that. She's right. been like her biggest jump is she went from two oh two to one fifty nine in one year. And that was the Olympic year in twenty twelve. Right. She went from like two oh two low to one fifty nine high. And that that kind of checks out as a developmental to a professional level. It's a level big athlete. jump, but it happens, right. especially if I would imagine the season before she'd run like two oh two every race. It was yeah. like she was banging her head against a wall, and then one day it just happened. Yeah, she was knocking on the door for a while. Um, but yeah, that is that's a difference between. I would. That's what sets Melissa apart from the other three athletes is where there were huge jumps in improvement for the other three. Melissa was just like the epitome of a slow burn. Right. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to Canadian national outdoor titles, and we're only looking at the senior level here because it would be way too in the weeds to start taking into account all the different categories of age group. Um, Youth, junior, yeah. So in this one, Mo wins the category with six Canadian national outdoor titles. 
And then Kevin, Gabrielle, and Melissa all have four. All have four. Right. But again, even the years when, you know, for instance, Melissa, I think she was first in 2013 and 2014, second in 2015, first in 2017, second in 2019. So she was always there. Mm -hmm. It's just not, you don't have the gold medal necessarily. Yeah. Canadian records was our next category. This one is really interesting to me. And I think we should start with the person that has the most, if you want to talk about this individual, because this kind of epitomizes that meteoric rise. Well, Gabriella set six records in one calendar year. And that's just records that she didn't break that were her own. <laughs> but yeah, so she actually broke eight. Um, so here's the thing. Again, Gabriella started slowly, but then just... Psh- Bust right through. So, yeah, she's a, she's got the most Canadian records. Uh, they're fresh. They're strong records. And then there's, like, a few on the board. I said it when we had our conversation a few weeks ago. Yeah. Basically, any record from the 1,000 meter through to the... 5,000? Um, 5,000. 5, 8K? She, she, she ran a 10K on the road. I think it'd be pretty damn good. Well, she like, almost set the Canadian unofficial 8K, 8K road record by accident in, in, a, a, workout. in a workout last week. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> they're hers if she wants them. Okay. Um, so I think she's got the range and the ability to do it. However, right now she's really laser focused on this one specific event. Well, not even on one because her six records come in both the indoor and outdoor 1500 mile and 5000. But the 15 mile is still her baby right now. That's true. I think she will become a world class 5k runner one day. Um, not that she's not already, but I yeah. think she will she will pivot to the 5k one day. But right now, I think she's still focused on the firmly middle distance. Right. So the next highest uh, number of Canadian records is Mo. And what I love about this is that he he holds five records. Um, both outdoors and indoors, 3,000 meter, 5,000 meter, and 10,000 meter outdoors. And then indoors, he has the 3,000 and the 5,000. And the fun thing here is that this is where you see the turning of the tide because he actually broke both the indoor and outdoor 3,000 meter Canadian records that were originally held by Kevin. Mm -hmm. So Kevin Sullivan still holds two Canadian records. We talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show. He had four in his career. Um, He had the outdoor 1500 mile and the indoor mile and 3000 and he still holds both of his outdoor records but it was the 3000 meter indoor that uh that mo broke of his so yeah it's like it's like the turning of the tide but that also means that his outdoor records have stood for 20 years kevin's outdoor records are very very impressive unbelievably impressive and then melissa has melissa's a real 800 runner yeah like purebred purebred (laughs) She holds, she has set the indoor and outdoor 800 meter records, still holds the outdoor, but the indoor has been broken by Jenna Westway. So Kevin Sullivan has made an astonishing 22 world championship teams. Um, And to be clear, that's across indoor, outdoor and cross country. Yeah. Mo and Gabriella have been on seven and Melissa on four. However, the big thing we want to talk about, the Olympics. Right. And this is where it gets really interesting. Kevin has been to three Olympic Games and doubled in 2008, which means he competed in two events at one game. With heats, semis, and finals. So what did he double in that year? 
Well, that year he was he doubled in the 15 and the 5. So the 5 would have had heats and finals and the 15 would have had heats, semis and finals. So we're going to talk about two main stats for each person under the category of Olympic Games. It's how many Olympics they competed in and then what their highest Olympic placing ever was. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, Kevin was at three Olympics, 2004 and 08, and his highest ever placing was fifth. He came fifth in the 1500, which was the best performance by any Canadian 1500 meter at any Olympics ever and is still true to this day. Yeah, remains true. Moen, Melissa have both been to two Olympics and their highest placing is fourth for each of them. Right. But again, Mo also doubled in 2016. At the last Olympics, he doubled 510, which is uh, any double is so hard. Mm -hmm. But he would have had to do heats finals of the five and then a 10K. Um, where he placed fourth. No, he placed fourth in the five. And Mo and Melissa also both hold medals from World Championship Games. So they do hold medals at the highest level of competition, just yeah. painfully short right. at the Olympics. Yes. And Gabrielle has only been to one. 2016, she was only 20 years old. It was her first Olympics, and she didn't make it out of the heats. I think we're going to see a wildly different Gabriella yes. at this next Olympics. Yeah, and this is where the age thing just doesn't work to her advantage in this comparison game. But if the trend continues, um, these stats are going to also change rapidly. Mm-hmm. So moving on to those international medals. Um Again, this is it's interesting because we started off Kevin kind of won the first few categories, but he only to our uh, as far as our information goes, he only has one international medal to speak of, which was in the 1994 Commonwealth Games. Um, But again, he was really consistent at the top level. He just wasn't able to secure a spot on the podium in any other major events that he was in. And Gabriella has two, one from FISU, which is the World University Games, and one from NACAC. Mo has four. His big, most recent medals from the 2019 World Championships, where he got bronze, two from the Commonwealth Games, one from Pan Am, and Melissa Bishop has one from Pan Am, 2015 World Silver, huge race, yeah, and two from the 2013 Francophone Games. Right. And I think this is where it's important to have a bit of a conversation about the concept of global drug cheats and drug testing, because it's going to be difficult to compare these. Kevin, I, I mean, so the first EPO test ever administered at an Olympic Games was in 2000. So that was Kevin's first Olympics. So Technically, Kevin was competing at the highest level in the age of EPO testing. However, as we know, with any new kind of test for any substance, it takes a while to work out the kinks. It takes a while to understand what other substances people could be taking in combination with that to get an advantage. So um, this is going to be... I I actually, I had a conversation earlier today with uh, one of my friends about this. One of my friends, Matt Hughes, might have heard of him, you know. Another Canadian record holder. Another Canadian record holder multiple times over. Um, What a name drop. And yeah. (laughs) Well, you've been dropping. When I grew up with Gabriella, when I was racing with Gabriella. No, we don't anymore. She got too good. But there was was a time. I've never been at Matt's level either. But uh, Matt was, you know, his point was that 
it was a different era of doping. We hadn't uncovered, for instance, the Russian doping scandal yet. We hadn't perfected EPO testing or testing for any other number of substances. Not to say that we won't in five years. I was about to say, we're behind the curve, certainly, on something else right now that, you know, we are unaware of. But we don't know about it yet. And we do know from that era that there were many, many, many drug cheats who never got caught. Uh, Many did. To that point, though... Melissa Bishop, again, heartbreakingly close in 2016, the year before in 2015, wins silver at the World Championships in the 800 in the final after breaking the Canadian record in the semis. Mm -hmm. Um, Highest placing ever at a World Championships by a Canadian female 800 meter runner. Um, And the woman who won the gold that year was the Belarusian athlete Arzamasova, who won gold and then last year was provisionally suspended by the Athletics Integrity Unit um, for a banned substance. And it has yet to be uncovered whether any sanctions will be handed to her and if they'll go as far back as 2015. But the point is, we know that she tested positive for a banned substance and that she had won that race that Melissa was in. So there is a chance that our homegrown Melissa Bishop was actually a world gold medalist. And then Mo. I mean, just Mo's bronze medal at Worlds after seeing that like crippling disappointment of just missing out on a medal in 2016 remains one of my favorite sporting memories. It was it was an awesome race. And he after said that he just kept thinking back to the Olympics and that last hundred meters of like, not today, because not again. He kept falling back. He fell back and he he fought. He clawed for every single step of that race. And you Mm -hmm. could just see the fire in his eyes. He was not going to let that go. And then, as we've mentioned before, Gabriella, you know, she's got sort of two developmental medals that's going to be blown out of the water. And at the Worlds this year, she ran 356, which in any other year would have given her a medal. It landed her in sixth because that final was crazy. It was the fastest women's 15 final in history. Ever. Right. But um, never count out Gabriella. We're going to see more medals on the board from this lady. Finally, what could be considered one of the definitive tiebreakers if we had a tie. All-time world rankings. And there has to be an asterisk here with Kevin again, because he has been off the scene for over a decade. More time has passed, and therefore there have been more opportunities for people to bump him down the all-time list. Mm -hmm. But Kevin in the 1500 is 97th all-time, and in the mile, he is 70th all-time. Mo is 79th all-time in the 5,000 and 60th all-time in the 10,000. And Gabriella wins this category. Gabriella wins this category by a long shot. She's 21st in the 1500 meter all time. 16th in the mile. 16th in the mile. Um, And that's why I know nothing else about this suggests, except for the Canadian records in one year, nothing else about this list suggests that Gabriella should be the best. But that's why my money's on her. I will say, not to take anything away from this, her personal bests, which landed her on that table, also were the most recent. Mm -hmm. So they're from a year ago. And that means that there's been the least amount of time passage between when she got on the board and now. Mm -hmm. So there's been less opportunity for people to bump her down. However, she is miles ahead. I can also... Okay, so here's the thing. Melissa's 71st. And an interesting thing happened this year. We're going to get into the weeds a little bit, but I'm going to say it. So 
um, Castro Semenya, along with other athletes mm-hmm. um, who had who have elevated levels of testosterone for a woman. Yep. We're told that they either had to switch events or lower those testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. So this year, the 800 changed because at the beginning of the year, these women were allowed to compete. Mm-hmm. And by what was it? About June, they weren't anymore. Right. In those first few diamond leagues after those women were removed from the race, the times got dramatically slower because, you know, Castor, who has kind of been the poster woman for this unfortunately for this campaign was kind of like a pacer and she every was. diamond league it was it, and so she was dragging these other women to really fast times and so in the years that melissa was kind of off of competitive running there was i would say 2018 was still a fast year but this past year was not as fast internationally because Caster and some of these other women were removed. And now other people like Aji Wilson, extremely dominant, you know, has run 155. Yeah, I think so. Um, so other women still pushed the pace, but you right. didn't see these mass. Like there was a couple of diamond links where no one broke two minutes. Right. Which is unheard of in recent yeah. years. So yeah. you just you just didn't see these mass fast finishes. And then people found, got in their groove again. And and you would see a bunch of women come in at 158 and things like that. But there right. were a few races when I was like, what happened? Like, right. did they all forget how to run? Like, yeah. it was it was an adjustment. So I don't know if in Melissa's case, like, that many people have run faster than her in the last two years. Yeah, that's a really, really important point. And one that we're never going to be able to sort of have a definitive statement about. We don't Because it's not just, and again, just to be very clear, it's so different from, like, a drug cheat where you can just remove them from the table because this was not anyone's Caster fault. Was, she was completely... Competing within her rights. Right. It's just that she, you know, happened it, there. There was this ruling that was handed down that made the change more recently, but it won't affect any standings or results before that. And unless it comes out that for some reason she had uh, failed a drug and test. And nor should it because right. she didn't break any rules. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, Maddie, we've covered a lot. Yes, a lot. And now it's the time. Based on everything that we've said, based on everything you know, can you come up with a definitive answer to the question who is the all-time best canadian mid-distance slash distance runner in modern history on this day on this exact day Mm -hmm. this very day i'm kind of leaning towards mo okay because he's got the world's medal that's what sets him ahead of kevin for me is that 2019 world's performance yep Ask me in two years, I'm pretty sure I'll say Gabriella. Okay, fair. Um, she's not there quite yet, but all signs point that she will be. Yep. Um, so yeah, right now, I'm willing to say, for me, it's Mo. Okay. On this day. Fair. I like it. I'm going to go with Kevin. Okay. Yep. I'm going to go with Kevin. And uh, it's funny because I kind of see like Gabriella and Mo in one camp. And like Bish and Sully in another camp. Well, they were because like trailblazers. Exactly. They yeah. were trailblazers. They've been consistent forever. Whereas, and Mo was really good as a high schooler too, don't get me wrong. And as a junior, he actually, we didn't mention this because we weren't getting into juniors, but I think it is worth mentioning. Um, Mo actually competed, uh, he finished 
in the top 10 twice at World Junior Cross Country Championships, and he was the junior 5,000 meter champion on four different occasions, uh, as well as a Pan Am junior champ. So he had a heck of a good junior career. But then, as we mentioned, like university is still really good, but it was more of a meteoric rise post collegiate. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the same with Gabriella, whereas Kevin and Melissa were just uh, like forever from middle school, mm-hmm. just so consistent. Just good at running. Just really good at running. Yeah. And I know it's it's a bit unfair because Kevin's story has been told, whereas the other three are still evolving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on this day, as we said, like right now, I'm going to go with Kevin. Interesting. I'm going to go with Sully. Yeah. So the people have to tell us what they think. Yeah. So tell us if, why we're so, wrong. So yeah. So if my pick's Mo and Kate's pick is Kevin, what do you guys think? Right. The other thing that we didn't say, and I do want to, this is a very important point, I think, because we're, we've both picked men, uh, which is fine. It's where the stats kind of laid out. But one important piece of information to keep in the back of your mind is that women's running at the highest level is still in its evolution mm-hmm. compared to men. Because well, we're years behind them. Years behind. Yeah. So there's not necessarily been the same, I would argue there's been the same levels of opportunity in the last 20 years for men and women in Canada at the the highest level of track. But in terms of all the other factors that lead up to that, we just don't have the same history on the women's side that we have the men's. Not that either of these women are steeplechasers, but this is a, you know, a kind of crystallizing point. The steeplechase wasn't even considered an event for women in the Olympics <laughs> until 2008. But when I was in university, women couldn't compete in the steeplechase. I know, well they couldn't like everything builds on itself, right? So Mo and, you know, earlier in time, Kevin were drawing upon years of opportunity. Right. That Melissa and Gabriella weren't. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think it takes people punching through for this next generation to believe it's possible. We saw that in the women's marathon yeah. this year. It's that, that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. So, but it was it, there was a good chunk of we were history. Fall over and die. Well, I think the, <laughs> the fear was, of course, our uteruses were going to fall out. Which yeah, I'm always concerned about I that think when I'm about running it every day. I, I have to I kind of hold my uterus yeah. in to make sure that well, it doesn't. That, that's why we can't run as fast as right, men. Exactly. Um, actually, there are a plethora of other reasons why we can't run as fast as men. That's a whole different Today on the feminist of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we can't, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that is an important thing to mention that thankfully and actually the other side of that coin, though, not negating the fact that women's running is still years behind mm-hmm. men's in terms of the opportunities we've had and the length of time we've had those opportunities for. But running was one of the first sports to bring equal prize money to men and women. And in fact, we're at a stage now where women are kind of making not across the board, but in some cases, women are out earning men in professional yeah. running. It's and again, we're not talking about NBA salaries here, right? But like someone like Sydney McLaughlin, yeah, signed. We don't know the details of her contract, but people have said signed an unprecedented women's deal that rivals that of you know like an Andre DeGrasse or Usain Bolt. Yeah, when Jenny Simpson signed out of college, she signed a five year deal that later became public, and she was the highest earning track and field athlete other than Usain Bolt of all time. Mm -hmm. So just phenomenal, and as it should be. No, and it's and. it's very cool. I feel proud to be a part of a sport. Um, it's, you know, it's still an uphill battle for the ladies in some in some ways and yep. will be for a while. But but we're getting there. Yeah. We're making progress. We're making other, big progress. The other thing that used to be true is basically as soon as you wanted to have a family as a woman, 
you didn't come back to track, which meant that your career was technically a lot shorter in mm-hmm. many cases than men. You had fewer years to accrue all of these accolades. Whereas we see someone like Melissa have her amazing little baby girl and come back and compete incredibly strong. That's true of so many distance female runners right now. And I mean, maternity preg- or sorry, maternity protection is a 2019 thing in a running contract in some cases. So it's new. Right. But at least these conversations are being had. Yeah. All right. So given all of that context, listeners, it's your turn. We want you to tweet at us. We want you to go to our Facebook page. We want you to join our Facebook discussion group, the ShakeOut discussion group on Facebook. We want you to post us in your Instagram stories. Tell us why we're wrong. We want to hear your reasons. Who's your top pick? Is it someone from our list or is it someone we've excluded and why? What de- who? What, what factors dethrone the people that we've put on the top? So get at us. Maddie, it was so lovely seeing you in person again. So lovely seeing you. With our physical distance across the table. I'll wave at you from across the table for anyone not watching. Yes, by the way, we should mention case you couldn't tell from the way that we've been describing things we are videoing this episode yeah so check out our youtube channel where you can see our very sunburned faces Mm -hmm. um and and view this conversation leave your comments that's another place you can leave your comments your hot takes your disagreements just leave them everywhere leave them everywhere litter them across the internet (laughs) and we'll do more of this because this was really fun yeah happy running enjoy enjoy your week Uh, I hope that you stay safe and healthy and run happy. And for your Week in Review, I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. We'll talk again next week. 